0: Welcome to another episode of Lead, Love, Thrive. I'm your host and trusted coach, Radhika Cruz. This podcast was created to encourage men and women of faith who believe they're unable to actualize their potential and thrive in life because of their limiting beliefs, fear, self-doubt, feelings of inadequacy, and thoughts of I'm not good enough. I believe that through Christ, you can do and become every single thing God has predestined you to do and become. And as your coach, I want to share some practical and spiritual insights and strategies to help you slay your energize so you can thrive in your potential, live in your purpose and fulfill your destiny. So if you're ready to lead your inner life stronger and love God, yourself and others wholeheartedly and on purpose, it's time to start making daily decisions to thrive. Together, let's go on a journey of becoming everything that God desires us to become so we can go and do what he's called us to do. Living your best life starts now. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Lee Love Thrive. I'm excited about today's conversation. You are going to hear from four amazing people that I'm going to get ready to introduce to you all, their stories, their struggles, their challenges, and their gifts of being single in different ages and stages of life. And so my first guest I'm going to introduce is Kiana Irby, and she is a 25-year-old woman who is a young woman, I would add. (laughs) She's obsessed with reading writing and thrifting, and she's really passionate about seeing people grow and experience freedom in Christ. One thing others may not know about her is that she talks to herself a lot and actually rehearses some of her conversations before they happen. And the one thing that she has asked God to give her in a spouse is a best friend who will passionately love God her and others while pursuing purpose with her. And I loved how she said off air, her purpose partner. I like that. I I wrote that down. So Kiana, thank you for being here to the the show. Thank you for having me. Yes. My next guest is Dorian Giger. He is 25 years old and he enjoys basketball, working out, reading. Yes, reading. You know, I love to read too. And eating out with friends and family. Me too. And he loves talking about finances because of the impact they have on people's lives and because the Bible has a lot to say about being good stewards with our money. I love that. Gotta have you back for that. (laughs) One thing people don't know about him is that he is a great cook. I say prove it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and one thing that he's asking God for in his spouse is that she will be selfless. So, Dorian, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. <laughs> my next guest is my younger brother, Chaitanya, and he is 42 years old and he graduated from the University of Pittsburgh with a bachelor's degree in psychology. He has spent most of his professional career helping adults on parole and probation to successfully reenter society. He is also an author, y'all. He wrote a book called Entangled by Addiction, Set Free in Christ, and he's currently writing a discipleship course to raise up a generation of disciples, clothed and power from on high and equipped to minister before the Lord as a royal priesthood. In his free time, he enjoys writing and studying Hebrew. One thing he wants in a spouse is that he wants what Christ wants in his bride. So, bro, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. My next guest is an amazing woman. Her name is Katrina Mason, and and she is a 40-year-old single mom of three amazing daughters who became pregnant at the age of 17, but she was able to finish high school on time, graduate from the University of Central Oklahoma with a bachelor's degree in business administration, and she later went on to obtain her master's degree in vocational rehabilitation counseling from Langston University. She is the successful business owner of Midwest Vocational Rehabilitation Services, where her company provides vocational assistance to individuals with disabling conditions as well as job placement services to individuals with challenging backgrounds or criminal history. She is the founder of A Bold and Beautiful Brunch, where she launched her very first round of brunches during the entire year of 2019. And these brunches are free and by invitation only, and they are geared towards empowering women. And at this point in her life, she, whether God sends her husband or not, she is just waiting on him for that direction. So Katrina, thank you so much for being here on today's show.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate
0: it. Yes. So y'all, we just going to jump right into it. Today's conversation is about relationships and what your experience is, has been like and is like as a Christian single Living in a hyper sexualized pleasure seeking world, and so I wanted to just open the floor up to hear a little bit about your season of singleness, and that can include some of the challenges that you faced. When does it feel most daunting? Because you know, Valentine's Day, a lot of people can start having that reminder like, Oh, shoot, I'm single, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe what are some gifts that you've discovered as a result of the season? So we'll start with number one What has your season of singleness been like, and what are some of the challenges? that you've faced in this season
3: well i'll just go first um i think my season of singleness mm-hmm. has been very interesting it's been fun although it's been very challenging at times um but i think some of the challenges that i really face is dealing with contentment of mm. being single mm-hmm. um, and handling like the frustrations. And um, waiting joyfully. Um, that's definitely something that I've been trying to do, but okay. it's definitely a, something I'm navigating through and really seeking the Lord for and how to do that. Yes. So Awesome.
1: I would say for myself, I really think that uh, my biggest struggle has been lust mm-hmm. um, just because uh, I'm not a virgin or anything like that. So that's been like the biggest struggle for me is really trying to um, navigate um, what I'm looking at, what I'm listening to, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but God has definitely been helping me in that. So,
2: yes, thank you for sharing that. I think my challenge would be um, maybe knowing exactly what I want mm. in um, in a spouse, yeah, and um, really trying to figure out what I want is that really what I'm. Mm. wanting long term mm-hmm. so I think just trying to figure out that part yeah is is tough for me yeah
0: that was tough for me too I know when I was a teenager I wrote out a list of the things and he had to be tall black yeah <laughs> and I didn't,
2: I didn't marry
0: that <laughs> but I got the best for me right so it just shows you. <laughs> he's not tall. He's brown skin, you know. <laughs> but he's Latino. <laughs> yeah. Um but I love it and I wouldn't change it because you know what it that that's so good that you share that, Katrina, because I think a lot of times what we have in mind is not God's best in mind for us. The reality is what we think we want. God knows what he wants for us and yeah. what's best for us, right? At the end of the day. So, how about you, bro? My brother over there.
4: Ah, uh, well, I mean I've been single a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. How long you been single?
4: Oh, gosh. Well, at least 16 years. Wow. Haven't really dated anybody that I would say is a suitable helper. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? In that, in that perspective. Because
0: so, you were married um, before.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, God said it ain't right for man to be alone. So, let me interpret that in modern day language. I'm <laughs> all types of wrong, you know what I mean, <laughs> being single. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So What's been the challenge there, for there's, you? There's, well... The single season is, I think has many different seasons within it. Absolutely. Some seasons I'm okay. Some seasons I'm, I'm not okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, it depends on, you know, the transition, you know what I mean? And, and where I'm at at any given point in time. So yeah.
0: Would you all say that there are some gifts that you have discovered as a result of your season of singleness?
3: Yeah, I definitely, um, have experienced many of gifts, um, and I think even uh, one of those is just true intimacy with Christ mm-hmm. and being able to really um, seek God for myself without the distractions of um, being in a relationship and also just the support of my peers and like the encouragement that I received has been a true gift because um, a lot of people can like try to force you to be in a relationship or like, ask what's wrong with you because you're not in one Mm. but the encouragement that i've received has been a true gift and even just fellowship and community has been a gift um just really helped me to See that you can experience love without it being an intimate, like, you know, opposite sex relationship. Um, and then my purpose has been revealed to me even more okay. at the clarity to really seek God for what it is that he's called me to do. Yeah. And I'm um, just even reminded in Genesis, whenever uh, Adam received his purpose before he ever received Eve. Come and, um, on. And so for reverse. me, I think that that's a great wow. prerequisite to before you find a spouse is wow. knowing your purpose. So.
0: Wow. Words of wisdom. It's yeah. good stuff.
1: Anyone else? Um, I would say for myself, it's been uh, really finding my purpose. Mm. Um, I thought I found my purpose, but I really didn't. I was more so trying to live for myself. Okay. When I was um, engaged. Okay. And so, um, another thing that I would say that has been great is that I find I found um, contentment with being mm. single and everything, mm-hmm. and finding like true joy and uh, finding my worth in Christ and not in someone wow. else.
0: Yes. So, Dorian, you just said you were engaged. So, how long were you engaged?
1: I was engaged for about eight months.
0: Eight months. Mm -hmm. Okay. And no longer engaged. No longer engaged. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, um... I loved hearing how you were saying that, you know, because sometimes I think when you're in a relationship, it can distract you, right? Because now you become more concerned about maybe pleasing the other person and not really discovering. So it's so interesting to hear your perspective on that. I wish I had that wisdom in my (laughs) twenties, but I was already married y'all. So (laughs) thank you for sharing that.
2: I think I want to kind of piggyback on what these two um, have said. I think when we, when we are single, and we don't have the distraction of yes. trying to not only meet our own needs, but then we have to consider the needs of, of somebody else. Yeah, That alone time really does give you and God an opportunity mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be able to establish a relationship, uh, to figure out what your gifts and talents mm-hmm. are. Yeah, And I've been single for some years. Don't ask me how long. a <laughs> <laughs> Long like... <laughs> time. And uh, during that time, um, I think I the the tug of war between me and God because there there was a season kind of how um, your brother said yeah. there's seasons of singleness within Absolutely. being single yeah and there was a season where I did want to have a relationship because sure. I was a single mom and yeah. and I wanted to have that role model in my kids' life just yeah. to show them you know, what a marriage is, is really supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And so during that time, we get anxious Mm -hmm. and we, we want somebody, we want to, especially being a woman, we want to, you know, be able to have that, that guy that we can talk to different Mm -hmm. perspective that we can Mm -hmm. hang out with. And so uh, when I came out of that and just accepted that it's not my time yet, that's when I really began to say, okay, God, well, why am I here? Mm -hmm. What was the reason that you created me? And Mm -hmm. then out of Mm -hmm. that, me really praying and, and seeking um, came my I have a couple of them but just a few that I'll mention one was the gift of administration mm. and when he began to reveal that to me wow. out of the gift of administration my business was birthed come on and then I learned I was a giver yeah out of the gift of giving a nonprofit was birthed wow so I think when we have yeah. that alone time with God and he allow he, we give him that opportunity yeah. to really show us who we are, mm-hmm. it, it, it just, it really just allows you to develop those gifts, yes. walk in those gifts. Mm-hmm. And yes. then you become more confident in who you are so, and yes. in your singleness because you've identified your worth. That's right. You know who you are. Yes. And then you, some things you just don't even entertain mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. because you know why you're here, what and you're supposed shift. to be doing yes. and your focus shifts.
0: Ooh. On. You said the words right out of so. my mouth. That purpose is key. Right. And I I love that you, Kiana, even said that at the beginning, my purpose partner, because, you know, not just any man or woman um, is the fit for you just because they're godly and Christian and desirable. Right. It's Mm -hmm. are they connected to your purpose? Right. Together as a team for to be kingdom building. So purpose is key. So when we look at our culture, there are some stigmas around being single, right? Some negative stigmas. And so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what you think some of those stigmas are. Maybe there's some differences for men and women. So what does the world believe or tell you if you're single as a 25 year old, 45 year old, 40 year old, divorced person, you know, mother, single mother? What are are some of those negative stigmas?
1: I would say for a 25 year old. Um, man, it's not really any negative stigmas. I don't really see that. Okay, I feel like it's more so against women, is what Mm -hmm. I've seen. So, uh, for guys, I feel like they try to say we need to go, the world says that we need to just go out and um, date whoever, Mm -hmm. talk to whoever, do it the way the world does it, and everything, but um. I feel like it's not really that many negative stigmas for us.
0: It's like it's okay. There's no pressure.
1: No pressure.
0: So yeah. you had just mentioned that, but there are some for women. So what would be one that you have perceived in the culture that's a negative stigma against women who are single?
1: Um, that there's something wrong with them, mm. and that why doesn't somebody want to be with them or something like mm-hmm. that. And I think that that's just not true. Yeah, it's just not. That's not the case at all.
0: That's a very common one for
3: sure. Yeah, I think. Um, As a 25-year-old single woman, um, the biggest one that I've felt and even received from others is that I'm undesirable, um, that my value is lessened because I don't have a person um, and that something is wrong with me because someone can't commit to me or because maybe the standards that I've set are too high and so that I'm just... I'm asking for too much. And mm-hmm. so, those are some of the negative stigmas that I've experienced mm-hmm. and even felt like for myself, even just self deprecation, feeling like something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not valuable. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's spot on. I've heard that a lot as well.
4: Okay. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, there's, there's negative stigmas against men and women. Okay. I really, I mean, some of the stigmas mm-hmm. that I've experienced is, is more so of. When, when you look at a man's worth in our society and you look at a woman's worth, when, when a guy looks at a woman and says, what value is she to me? You, there, there's typically a standard that's applied to them. Yeah. You know, and likewise, as a man, there's a standard that's applied to you. Our culture says, if you ain't got mm. six figures mm. in the bank, you mm. ain't got a house, a car, in a woman's eyes, you're worthless. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think that's, as a lot of guys. Some women. Well, <laughs> I haven't met very yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind often. We don't want to make women, those you know I mean? Because
0: Listen, this woman right here, her man, he was a broker down to no what? He had no money. Well, but he loved I, Jesus. Well, and, and, see, and see,
4: God blessed him with a woman who was able yeah. to see something else inside of him uh, besides right. his, yeah. his yeah. material possessions. Yeah. So, this is, this is the struggle of. Being a single man and broke, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. is a woman able to really see mm. who you your are, your value, and your, your worth? Yeah. And, your worth. and so that, I think, is a man's struggle, That's is good. dealing with a culture that, that hypes up the the suburban... American dream. American, American yeah. dream mm-hmm. uh, type of ideology yeah. that your value to me is based on what you can give me. And I think that's repulsive to me. Like, Mm. you know, keep it moving. If if the only thing I am is to use a paycheck.
0: Yeah. And I think some of that may be connected to a woman's desire for security. Right. So it can't be all about that, but a woman's looking around, right. This is a survival instinct. Like, can I survive with you? (laughs) And, or am I going to be, struggling on a struggle bus with you or, or am I going to be able to thrive in life with you? And so not that a relationship I'm just sharing from a woman's perspective, being in her forties, you know, looking at the potential, right? It's one thing, like when I looked at my husband, I know he was broke, but the reality was I knew his potential and I knew his heart and his ability through God to do more. But, but I do, I still, to this day, I'm looking, looking like, okay, I still want to know, are we, are we going, I will go down together if we're fighting. But the reality is I, I do want to know that there's a sense of security, but also understanding that's not where you're at today, but we're, but you have a desire to grow. But, you but, know?
4: but I think, and this is my perspective yeah. on a lot of women, it's yeah. that you're, you're finance, you, you may be able to provide fine, you know, financially, but morally, yeah, spiritually, yep. intellectually. Yep. You're broke. You know yeah. what I mean? And so there, if that's the only standard that a woman's looking at as a man is like your financial prosperity is the only standard you're looking at as far as sure. your worth. And there are some. And there, I tell you what, there's a lot of men who got a lot of money, but they're spiritually, mentally, and absolutely. intellectually impoverished. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. And then you, you take the, all right, so you got a nice house, but like... Yeah. Your, your marriage still is in absolutely the toilets, you know so.
0: yeah I mean it it's so
4: there I, I say there, there has to be a sober assessment of what it is you know to what what's a suitable helper
2: yeah it's good I would like to to kind of chime in and because I do see um, chaitanya's point yeah and you also made a very valid point as well um to speak to what uh, chaitanya said I do think that um society has set it up to where, women, we we have a tendency, and I'm not speaking for all, sure. all women at yeah. all, but um, I think that it has been set up for women to look at a man in terms of what he does have. Mm-hmm. But we have to also remember the man is supposed to be the provider. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. to your point mm-hmm. that women are looking for stability. Mm-hmm. And are we going to be on this mm-hmm. struggle bus? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it also depends on what season, what age you're yeah, in. Totally. So right now, not to speak for Kiana, yeah. but finances may not be a huge deal right. for her sure. because there, she's still young. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really have, not to speak for you again, uh, doesn't have the responsibility of, of kids sure. and a home mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. So she could start mm-hmm. potentially at the bottom with somebody and we grow together. Yep, But When you get to my age, and I'm going to just kind of be a little transparent, for me, I don't look for the man that's driving the Mercedes Benz, it'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, he's living, you know, in a suburban area, that would also be nice. That's that's not what I go for first because like he mentioned, what what does his soul look like? That's what right, is his, his spirit character. like? What yep. is his character? Yes. You know, how does he treat me? How does he treat his mom? How yes. does he treat his family? Yes. Like those are those are huge. Mm-hmm. And and they should come first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should really come first. But at the same time you do look at, you know, I think a lot of times women, we look at potential Mm -hmm. and that's okay to Mm -hmm. a degree. Mm But that man has to see that potential absolutely. because I can see in you that you have the potential for greatness. Right. That's right. But where we as women, we get in because we're the nurturer, we're trying to help him and try to cultivate him. Mm -hmm. But if he doesn't Mm -hmm. see that potential in him, then we might end up on the the struggle bus. So I think it's a balance is what I'm trying to say. There needs to be a balance between are you going to be able to provide Mm -hmm. for the family Mm -hmm. or... When times get hard, if you mm-hmm. don't have it right now, are you going to go get it? Right, like, right, do, right. Do you have some hustle some about character. you yep. so that, you know, at the end of the day, yes. if hard times are going to happen for everybody Absolutely. and we should stick together and, and go through them together, but how, what is that yeah. going to, what is that going to look like? So I think there needs to be a mm-hmm. balance mm-hmm. in that. Sure.
0: Uh, and I think you're both saying the same thing um, because the reality is it's, it's not either or it's, it's all of those things, right? A man or a woman comes with a package, yeah, right? Your character. So it's not just looking at a spouse for financial stability, but you know, but, but we are talking about this, the stigma, right? Yep. And that is, that and is that very is real stigma. It is. It is. It is.
2: But I want to encourage Titania that not all women are just looking for a man to be a meal ticket. You got some out there that they are. Sure. But not every woman is looking to see what is he driving? What does his bank account look like? There are some women out there that's willing to, I'll walk beside this man. Absolutely. I will build him up. I will I will play my role as a suitable help me. Right. And at the end of the day, God does the blessing that's right. and the rewarding. That's so. right.
0: So can you, so in our culture, there is this it's kind of along the same lines of this negative stigma, but this single shaming, right, is a term that. Causes you to feel shame for not being married. You know, I actually there was when Johnny and I were dating, we were dating for about three years and, and the, in the church and the assemblies of God church and all of that, not to slam them. Cause I love the assemblies of God. They they built a great foundation for my faith. But some people in the church were like, y'all been dating for three years. Like, why are y'all not married yet? You need to hurry up and get married. And it was like, okay, we were in this committed relationship, but it was like, there was this fear that we gonna mess up, we're gonna sin sexually, so you need to hurry up and get married. And so there was some pressure, maybe not shaming, but I felt pressure be based off of other people's opinions, right? To govern my relationship accordingly. And so in our culture, I have heard of people being single shamed, you know? So I'm just curious, have any of you experienced this single shaming? I think Kiana, you did mention a little bit about this. And so I would love to know like what happened, how did you respond, how did that make you feel? And what would you like to say to people? And I know that was a loaded question. So we'll just start with what happened and how did it make you feel?
3: Well, um, I am currently pursuing to be um, in ministry full time and be a minister. Um, And especially with that and being a woman. And um, it's I faced a lot of like people saying like, well, your ministry or the Mm -hmm. level of your leadership won't be as good because you're not married, because mm-hmm. you don't have that person to kind of support you. Wow. And it wasn't in a negative way. It was sure. just like suggestive that, hey, like it would be better. You would be at a better place um, in ministry if you had a helpmate, if you had okay. a spouse. And it was more so like just saying like, seek God about how you can position yourself to be received by a man and to want to be, you know, a wife one day. And so for me, really what I did is I just... First of all, I went to God because that really could have broken my identity and made me feel yes. like I wasn't good right. enough or Unless valuable. I'm married, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that my purpose was was um, fixed on if I don't or do have a spouse, and that's not true. That's right. So I think I really just have to go back to the truth of God and just really mm-hmm. um, seek Him for validation and not what other people were saying about me but also knowing that me rushing the process isn't going to help anything either mm-hmm. so just really trying to be content in the fact that i'm not yet and yeah. that i don't have to stop yeah. doing the things that god has called me to do just because i'm not married and so that was really the way i responded with it and also was able to go back to god with it and not allow that to just yeah tarnish how i saw myself so if you were to tell people who may
0: unintention I really like to give people the benefit of mm-hmm. doubt that they don't really realize sometimes what they're saying the yeah. impact they're having I don't think people go around maliciously trying to do that some do but not yeah. everyone and I think sometimes people don't understand yeah. the impact of mm-hmm. saying those things how they yeah. they have an impact on your identity your value your worth in that and so if there's a listener out there that says oh shoot I maybe have done that mm-hmm. unintentionally like what would you like to say to someone like that who unintentionally single shamed
3: yeah I would definitely say relationship is important with that person that you're speaking to that you may feel like you God is telling you to say something in the line of that to them, like have a relationship with them and know where they are on their journey of singleness and be able to speak to that without telling them like you need to get married and really like just suggest things that you feel could help them, but not tell them like their identity falls in you know, rises on the fact that they're single or not single. Yeah. Yeah. Making so. those statements about
0: you'll be a better minister. Right. You'll yeah. be more this if you were right. married. That's yeah. just very opinionated. Yeah. And so not how God works. As we see, look at Paul's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, listen, he said, if I was married, I'm going to be more worried about pleasing my wife yeah. than doing God's business. Yeah. I'm actually able to do more without mm-hmm. now. Not everybody's called to that. Right. But the reality is, um, that I just want us to be mindful of that because I think some of us can sometimes unintentionally engage in that. How about anyone else? Have you experienced single shaming?
2: Well, I did once and, um, it was, and the fact that I still remember it makes me even Mm. think about, or does Mm. that still bother you? Wow. Because I haven't, that, that thought immediately came or that memory immediately came, um, Mm. to my mind. And it was where I was a, a bridesmaid in someone's wedding. Okay. And so I'm a jokester. Uh-huh. And I'm like, so um, the groom, does he have any, like the groomsmen? They going to yeah, be single? <laughs> I know like, that's right. <laughs> what about the groom yeah. side of the family? Yeah, yeah. Any, you know, single guys? Mm-hmm. And I was met with, nope, you're the only one still single. <laughs> mm. Okay. And, hey. and And it could have been. You know, we were just joking sure. about it. Sure. But I can remember going home that afternoon, mm. like, dang, that kinda stung yeah. a little bit. Like yeah. that kinda a slap in the
4: face. It was.
2: Mm-hmm. And so but I, you know, I I got yeah. stuff roll off. Sure. But You gotta have thick skin. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely gotta have thick skin. So that kinda, mm. you know, stung. Like, mm-hmm. you know what, maybe I am the only one that's <laughs> out here still, you like. know single in it. So,
0: so with that feeling, there might've been a thought. So was a was the thought like, what's wrong with me or why not? Or maybe it was just, maybe, I don't know if you've processed that, but what, what did that statement make you think about who you are in life, your value, your worth, your identity?
2: So because that was probably the season where I really did want to be with somebody, um, it did make me look at myself. Mm, okay. Like, is there a reason why you're still the only single person out here? Like, okay. what do you need to do and, and how do you need to change? And sure. so I did some self-reflecting. I'm, I'm pretty sure okay. I did. Yeah. And so I think the advice I would probably give to somebody, um, kind of like what Kiana said, you need to have that relationship with yeah. them. Yeah. And if you know that that's that their singleness If they're in that season where they're like, man, why ain't God sent nobody? If they're saying that, then that's something that they feel deeply about. And it could very well be a touchy subject. I wouldn't even joke about it. Yeah. For sure. I'd be like, girl, we don't know. Yeah. It might be somebody that yeah. God going to show up that's at this right. church that is right. That is for you. <laughs> you know, that's the way you want to joke about right. it. Not you the only single person right. still out here. Right. Right. Reminder. To find yeah. Like, no, like rem- I don't know. <laughs> or, or, <laughs> like, right. right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't even, I don't know that. So I would say know them, know where they are with that. And uh, may not be something to kind of joke about.
0: Yeah. That's so good. I have some friends now, and they're in their, their mid forties, um, and some in their fifties, who have never been married. And I've heard other people say, "Man, they're such a pretty girl. Why ain't they married? I, I wonder why someone hasn't. You know, what is their expectations too high? Do you have too high of a standard? Are they really some kind of crazy person? You know, so um, that hasn't been obviously directed to me because I've been married my whole adult life. You know, since I was twenty. However, I have heard other people and I think sometimes you're just not mindful of how that can come across, right? right? And how that can really negatively impact someone's sense of worth that just because I'm 45, 50 doesn't mean I'm undesirable. doesn't mean I'm not beautiful. doesn't mean there's something wrong with me, that I'm some crazy woman, you know, and um, that no one wants. It could be a lot of different reasons behind that. But I I think I would just want to add as an empath person, (laughs) just being sensitive to where people are at and that it doesn't have to be the answer could just be it ain't God's time yet yeah ain't nothing wrong with you
2: and i think that's another stigma that we think when you reach a certain age you're supposed to already be married you're supposed to already have kids right and right. all this and then we instantly as humans yes. go to well what's wrong with her yeah why hasn't somebody picked
3: her up yet you Yeah, know what is well, is she crazy that's right
2: and that is definitely not even what it is
3: no or even that god um i haven't done something good enough for god to bless me with that mm. like that God is punishing me. Mm. And that is good, also yeah. very far from the truth because yes. like you said, it's God's timing and we don't know when that is. Yeah. And then also this, like the definition of good in that season, you think it could be, mm. is being married, but mm-hmm. God's definition of good is that you'd be single and you can seek him fervently without the distraction. Because there's something I need you
0: to do before I send him. That's it, that's right, yeah. absolutely, yeah. so good. God knew I needed
4: my husband at twenty, because <laughs> he sent him to help me out. Yeah, <laughs> Go well, ahead, girl. What are you gonna say? Uh, I, th- I think this is an issue that is heavily women deal with. You know what I mean? Mm. However, I mean, it, it, this is a, a good example why I don't like going to weddings because I'll be mm. up there like God, like man, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, <laughs> he got a wife. <laughs> right, <laughs> what wife? Like <laughs> you, you want you want to go to a wedding and you want to rejoice yeah. in, in that part, your friend your boy whoever like oh you got married bro like that's a beautiful thing absolutely yeah. but there there's a conflict when you're single like. Yeah. Yeah, part of me wants to rejoice. Part of me wants to just like, yeah, Yeah. I know you, bro. Right, right, right. I know your dark side. I mean, God gave you this, and I'm better than that And like, I'm still single. So, yeah, you know, there there is this (laughs) conflict that we all deal with. I think when it comes, and I don't like going to weddings (laughs) because I feel that way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just for that reason, just like a pain point. Yeah, yeah, it it is. I mean, it's 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 a sore area when you're single. You, you you desire to have a wife and kids and, you know, things like that. But, you know, um, there is a moment there is there is God's God's doing something in the process yeah. that we can't yeah, see yeah, oftentimes. Yeah, right, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And yes, it's painful, but the refiner's fire is often painful. Yeah. You, you got to go through it yes. to become that so man good. or woman that God wants you to be for his kingdom and his glory. And so. When it's all said and done, it'll be worth it. It will. Yeah. We have to endure the pain and in the other thing that comes with it. So, and
0: I want to add to like rejoicing with others who are rejoicing, right? Yes. Because here's here's now I wasn't single shamed, but I was pregnancy shamed. Mm-hmm. In my career um, as a social worker and child welfare, I had a I had an adoptive family that I was working with, and she couldn't have children. Mm. And so I showed up at her house one day pregnant with my, you know, I was pregnant with my son and she's like, oh, there you go. Go ahead. Getting all pregnant. And some of us can't even get pregnant and and I, and I felt ashamed because you're struggling with this rather than rejoice with me. This new child that's going to be coming into the world, my husband and I, it was like my pain because I can't have children. I can't even rejoice with you. And so I just want to say to others out there that I know it's going to be hard to sometimes rejoice when your sister friend, your brother friend is is getting married and it's something that you long for. And we have to learn how to manage our pain with God, yet also, on the other hand, rejoice with our friends and our sisters and our brothers who are receiving God's gift to them. Right. And if I can kind of yeah.
2: add yes. a, a word of, of encouragement to that, I think it also comes down to your perspective of it. Yes. And Good. if you have the right perspective, yeah. not that it's not going to, that something isn't going to like be like, like he sure, mentioned, that's mm-hmm. I mean, God, like, when is it my turn, mm-hmm. but it won't be so, and you know, it just won't ache so bad. bad. Yeah. When you know, or you have the right perspective of, I know my time is coming, yeah. and I trust God.
0: That's right, because That's right.
2: He knows what's best for me. Right now, yes. I might be wanting to to get married and and start that family and 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 go out on these you know date nights that everybody talks about. But yep. I have to trust that God's word says I will not withhold no good thing from yeah. you. Yeah, and if it was good for me right now, mm-hmm. He would see to it that I have it. We're talking about the Creator of the universe. Yes. That orchestrates all things, and if we were supposed to have somebody right now, he's wise enough to know he's he can he can structure your path in such a way that you will encounter that person, but trust his timing, yes, and know that right now, even though I'm sitting here watching everybody get married and and mm-hmm. seeing my friends say hey I can't I can't do you know dinner this weekend because me and you know Craig we're going to dinner or whatever and you're like well what am I going to do this weekend just sit on the couch and watch Netflix right. well,
0: or be the third wheel again that's gotta weird. be the third yeah. yes <laughs> but that, yeah.
2: when your perspective so is right then yeah. it doesn't even phase you you're like I I'm good with where I'm at.
0: I'm so glad you share, And I feel the Lord on that. I really do. Because I think people need to remember that when you have a God perspective, that he's a good father, he says he has good plans for me. Right. And if we as earthly parents know how to give our children good things, how much more so than your heavenly father. And it's learning to trust that timing, learning to be patient and say, you know, I can rejoice with you because I know mine is coming. Right. Yeah. I'm not, not going to avoid these situations because I, I trust it. That God loves me. He's for me. And he's going to bring me what he has for me in his time, in his way.
2: And if we don't, then we rush it. And then we get in situations Mm. we should
1: not be in. I don't
0: think you know anything about that. No. (laughs) Not Not at all. I (laughs) know that's right. We're going to say something, Dorian.
1: Uh, Yes. I was going to say that uh, just encouragement for anybody who uh, may be dealing with a failed relationship. Mm. um, And then seeing other people who actually do make it. Yeah. um, That's something that I dealt with last year with... um, Uh, One of my best friends, uh, Logan, him and his Mm. wife making it to be married and everything. And then seeing how my engagement failed and feeling like uh, God really just didn't want to restore anything that I had or anything like that, that he didn't care about me, that he was punishing me. And um, a lot of times, like you said, we got to change our perspective. And I think that uh, for the most part, um, I wasn't ready. Mm. Um, I think that um, he was definitely also protecting me. Absolutely. And so just changing your perspective, I think that's going to help a lot of people out.
0: So now what's the story you tell yourself? What's the narrative in your mind, the God perspective that you now have as a result?
1: Um, that I was not leading the right way. Mm-hmm. I think that the main thing now that I've learned is that um, I might have to keep him first. I had things mm-hmm. out of order mm-hmm. whenever I was engaged.
4: Come on, um, 25.
1: I'm was- <laughs> right, right. you better
2: preach. <laughs> um,
1: the main thing I think it was like I had a relationship, uh, friends, family, career, then God. Mm. And if God's not number one, then he's going to shake up everything. So that's definitely, I think, what happened to me. Yeah. And he's showing me that if you allow me to lead, because a man can't lead a woman if he's not led by him. And oh. so that, Ooh, that, that's the yeah. biggest thing, I think, for me is like me being led by him now, like my whole life <laughs> has been like just shifted, it's been changed. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm grateful for it.
0: You living out that scripture, seek ye first yep. the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all yep. these other things: your wife, oh, yeah. your life, your career, your money—all yep. of that mm-hmm. will be added unto you. I love that priority, yes. right? Right, and it's maybe not what you lost, mm-hmm. right? I gained. I, yes, come on, that's the perspective mm. we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it was a, and there were memories and things that you learned. I'm sure in that mm-hmm. engagement, right? Lessons of what worked well, maybe what didn't. So yep. you gained some wisdom. From that relationship, mm-hmm. you just learned that that was not who God had for you, yep. and that's okay.
2: Can I add to that? Yeah, too? please. And I'm glad He brought that that way of of, of thinking to the table mm-hmm. too, because when you when you go through that breakup, a lot of times women will internalize it and say, "What did I do wrong?" But instead, it could have very well been it was protection. Mm -hmm. You couldn't see down the road to even realize that this was not going to go the way that God needed it to go or that you would have even wanted Mm -hmm. it to go. So keeping the right perspective of why it ended and not internalizing that thing as if it was, you know, something that you necessarily did or that you weren't worthy of making it to the altar or that you weren't worthy Mm -hmm. of a -hmm. a successful relationship. You could have very well been dodging a bullet and just didn't come on.
0: That's right. Cause I've had a lot of friends who've gotten married for a lot of wrong reasons and they're in hell
2: in that marriage. Literally.
0: Like what the heck did I do? Because whatever pressure, intimacy, what have you, children, all of those things. You know, I love what our panel was just saying about having the right perspective. I believe that gaining God's perspective on who we are and who we're becoming, where we are and where we're going is truly key to thriving in life. You know, I've spoken to many of my friends who are in various stages of being single, and I really just felt the need to start a conversation about this topic in an effort to encourage their hearts and inspire hope. You know, I recently came across an article that said 45.83% of Christian singles feel devalued like an outcast or in a lesser stage at church because they're single Another article that I read said church going singles consistently report feeling like second class citizens in their own congregations. So, my question is what are we as a church, as a body of Christ, as a faith community, going to do about that? I don't have all the answers, but I do want to start the conversation be sure to check out part two of this conversation next week as our panel talks about what a godly woman or man should be looking for in a spouse you are not gonna want to miss this candid conversation that will drop on valentine's day i promise you you are gonna love this conversation that's all i had for you today and once again i just want to thank you for allowing me to speak into your life of all the podcasts you could be listening to i'm so grateful that you chose to make lead love thrive a part of your day and if this message encouraged you in any way would you please share it with a friend or two this is really all about encouraging one another on in this journey called life as always remember to lead your life stronger this year Choose to love God, yourself, and others better and on purpose and make daily decisions to thrive. Until we talk again, peace.